Salutations! Thanks for tuning in to the Clap Out Photo Hour. Tonight on the show, it's me, your host, Jordan, and Robert. Hey! Danny. Hey! And Daniel. Hello! So yeah, we have been out for a little while. We've been busy though. There's lots of things that we have to report on. We've got new projects and new trips, done some stuff, been some places. We're going to talk about that tonight, but first... We're going to do our weekly check-in and see what is on the bench. Robert, I'll start with you because I know you've been away. What, you got true. anything on the bench? or Same what's, what's rotting on the bench at home? I'll tell you what's rotting on the bench. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got a Triumph engine that's been taken apart. I think uh, since the last time uh, we spoke, um, Basically, I have a yeah 500 twin Triumph engine that's taken apart right now. Got the cylinders off, whole top end off, uh, starting to take the bottom end apart. And then I've been traveling for work for the last two weeks. So that's about as far as I got with it. Everything else is just kind of hanging out, waiting for me to someday come back and work on it. But there you go. Is home briefly, as uh, home for maybe like 24 hours over the weekend, enough time to open the garage door and look in and look longingly and, there and it close is. it again. So that's oh, still there. Locked What's it. the, uh, I'm kind of curious. What is the, so what year Triumph is this again? Oh, it's a 64. And what did the lineup look like back then? Cause you know, you have like the 800 or 900 CC Bonnie right now engine. Yeah. And then you've got the one, the 1200 that goes in the 120. But like, what, what was the lineup like? In that so year? in six, yeah, 64 bon the Bonneville 650 was the big engine for Triumph. Um, 500 was the, I guess the step down. It's a, the 500 is an over square. Um, so a little, little punchier, um, smaller, lighter. Uh, and then below that you had a 350 twin, uh, and a 200 single, the, the, uh, cub or variation iterations of the cab. So you had the tiger cab, you had it. Um, and, and all of those bikes, all of those engines, I should say came in like all the bikes, uh, or there goes one now. Can you identify that bike based off its sound? Yeah, actually, does anyone want to take a guess what bike that was? Harley. No, <laughs> it was not. I just assume all loud bikes are Harleys. It sounded throaty though. Yeah, it was that. That was that didn't sound quite like a Harley. It sounded uh, too clean to be a Harley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, what about that? It was <laughs> chirping over there. It was. Uh, it was a spray painted black Monte Carlo. Uh, <laughs> that looked like half the shock crowd was kind of bouncing as it turned the corner. So. That's what threw nice. me off. It was the shocks bouncing that was <laughs> really throwing me. But uh, yeah, it's it was like like all the bikes in the sixties, right? They came in. You have the same engine in a variety of. Uh, trim so you had like um the you have like the street for a street version and then the what was the c the competition version um which is like the scrambler equivalent with high pipes um typically a single carb instead of a dual carb so um the the um race oriented like daytona models would have like dual carbs uh for the twins and then the competition off-road models would have a single carb um and then other odds and ends, different, you know, various differences. Oh, yeah, I was just kind of curious. I was perusing the lineup. I've been yeah. kind of thinking about dipping my toe in British waters and just kind of, you know, like reading about some of those and kind of what the lineup is today. And 
specifically reading more about the 1200 and I think it has kind of a nice balance of like style and power definitely seems to put a lot of power to the ground a lot of torque too which is very appealing to me so well right on uh Danny what do you got anything new <clears throat> kind of I uh, 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 uh <laughs> we lost him. We lost him. I've been we working on this city, city oh. bike. I'm oh. back. Yeah. I'm back. You're back. I'm back. You're back. Okay. You're back. Hey, gotta love good internet. Or not good internet. Um, so I've been working on like a 78 Samadhi city bike. Um, moped. It's a little it's bit a more of like a, a comfortable one. Um, like it's just got, you know, sprinkle some salt. Mm. Mm, sprinkle the salt bay salt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. well, the, um, yeah, it's uh, Italian. It's got a Minarelli engine. Oh, nice. um, this one's stock except for a upgraded exhaust. Um, but that's what it is right now. And the guy came to, to buy it today. And he's like, well, how about this? I'll pay you half now. When the go fast parts come in stock, I'll pay you for those. And I'll pay you for your time to install them. Huh. Oh, so he's paying so, you like a deposit on it. Yeah, okay. so he put a deposit down, um, okay. and then I'm going to okay. get that bike ripping for him. And then he also left a... So you just became a moped shop. I did, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. just I, think just I think you're going to show up on Google now, and I think it's going to happen. Your entire Google rating is going to depend on this one job. I know. And then he <laughs> also left a... Uh, a Suzuki FA50, which is a noped. Mm. It's a little 50cc mm -hmm. kickstart. Um, I think your uh, your old neighbor down the street had one of those, Jordan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know the one. It was uh, down the street, and there was another one that I saw regularly mm. when I worked at OHSU that would show up uh, nice. on the bike racks. So, yeah, I'm familiar with that one. Could you explain to the peasant here what a noped is? It's a moped without pedals, hence so isn't that noped. Just a, isn't that just a scooter? It's like the engine and everything. It's it's in the moped spirit, so it's adopted into the world. Okay, it's not a scooter. It doesn't look do, like you're sitting on do a toilet. moped riders do they turn their nose up to nopeds? Uh, some if they're a holes. I'm curious. But. So what is what is what's the what's the scene? What's the like scene interplay like between moped and scooter? Riders. Like who? <laughs> I think moped who sees riders themselves lower on the totem pole. <laughs> I think I think moped riders would see them. No, I don't know scooters. I don't know. They, there's there's some beef, but it depends who you ride with. Honestly, like we like would you go on a ride where there would be scooters and mopeds together in harmony? Yeah. Okay. Mm. So you're saying is you're not an elitist? No. Okay. okay. Scooters are pretty fun. I have yeah. to say, I've ridden a few. They're deceptively fun. I don't can know. Confirm. I little can confirm wheels. as well. It is They're the little wheels. wheels. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much what's what's on the bench. So he said that he put the coil from his trail seventy on it and it fired up and was running. And he rode it up the street and then it was dying out. Um so to me it's not like a fuel starvation issue. Mm. Um, because they said it was kind of sputtering out. So I'm going to mm -hmm. clean the carb. It's a smaller size Makuni. So should be pretty easy to work on. Toss a coil on there and see if I can get to run and then kind of assess it from there and see what it needs. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Should be you fun. heard it here, folks. Anyone in the San Diego area with moped needs, <laughs> talk to Danny. Yeah. We'll take care of you. I could, probably, yeah. I could probably fix your two-stroke uh, weed whacker or lawnmower, too. That's right. He's got a Harbor Freight ultrasonic cleaner. There's no stock. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that is, I mean, truly, you know, two-stroke small motors. There's it. Anytime I've gone out, been like, you know, I think maybe I'll take the weed whacker somewhere. It's like super expensive. They're crazy backlogged. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start doing this and like end you, up with 5,000 weed whackers at my house. And <laughs> <laughs> I got my fifth pull on. <laughs> and then I realized that'd be a horrible thing to do. So I don't do it, but I think you should definitely, they use diaphragm carbs or so they're a little yeah. different, but it all functions the same. Yeah, I actually have a steel that I have my own backlogged uh, weed whacker I need to do. I got for 10 bucks at a garage sale. I was like, oh, it's a good deal. <laughs> now it's just sitting rotten with the rest of the bike. So. That's no, what ran, ran when parked. Ran when parked. It'll run if you like like all other crappy weed whackers that have been sitting forever. If you just hold the throttle open, it's like, and then it eventually like sputs. It's like shooting pre-mix out. I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty good. I'll give you 10 bucks for that. <laughs> so, Daniel, what have you um, been working on lately? Um, uh, I I don't remember if it made it in to one of the episodes yet, but I sold the XR, so I don't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, I have the XJ, obviously, still, and I did the head bearing on that recently. Um, I <laughs> I found out on our trip I was missing a spacer, so I may have damaged the wheel bearings. I'm not entirely mm. certain. I on missed the, the washer wheel. on the front wheel. Yeah. So I think when I pulled all that apart, I, I ended up with a washer left over and I couldn't figure out where it came from. And then when we were taking the back wheel off, I was like, oh, that's where that goes. Because uh, it has the same spacer on the back. So um, it's like a eighth of an inch washer, but that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, so might need to do wheel bearings on that now, but there are, I need to do, need to overhaul the front brake and everything too. So that'll be coming up soon. But other than that, um, not working on anything else. I did a shocks and leaf springs and stuff on my truck. So I could actually haul the XJ without it feeling like it was going to kill me. Um, yeah. So all that's been going and yeah, just a couple more things on the XJ and kind of just seeing where I want to take that. Yeah. I've done the same, same thing where I had a, a, Right before I left for Baja the last time last year, I had a, found a hairline crack in my wheel and I just didn't really want to chance it and talk of the rim on like a, on a jump or just whatever, you know, there's so many big rocks out there in the desert. Uh, and so I put a 250 front end on it and the, the, the like axle uh, diameter is the same. So the 250 WR and YZ wheels will bolt up to the 450 but it uses a different set of spacers so it's actually a little longer because it accommodates for not having a speedo gear so i forgot it and it was just shaking back and forth and i remember i got stopped by a guy on the trail and i was like yeah the front end is just washing out like crazy and he stops on a klr and he's like well i mean riding in dirt it's pretty tough you have to stand up and throttle <laughs> like listen here guy all right <laughs> listen here there's I've a done lot this of things going on <laughs> I knew what I'm doing and apparently not because I got there and I noticed that I had, yeah, just about the same, about an eighth inch of play and it totally caused the front to just wash randomly. It was pretty, it was a fun start to the trip. Made a little bottle cap shim and went on with uh, the, rest the, of the famous trip. bottle cap. I got it. It's still on my shelf. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic piece. So 
And I guess to round it out for me, I got the ZRX 1100 going uh, last week. It had been sitting for a while while I uh, rattle canned it. And then I was finishing up grad school. So didn't end up, you know, it kind of sat for a bit. And uh, it's just put new plugs in, clean up the air filter. Uh, it had a bunch of little fuel leaks, a pretty major fuel leak that we'll talk about in our <laughs> <laughs> upcoming segment. Um, but I got it pretty much ship tight for, for the... Uh, for the trip we took this weekend or week weekend and uh and it's it's doing pretty good it's actually running really really great right now it feels really good and and it's it's healthy um other than that now that i'm on summer break i'm i just started cleaning out the shed and getting it ready i just got a new garage door on so i'm ready to like tackle some projects and i think i'm going to start with the gt 185 because i've had the carbs in for a bit and i really really want to get that thing going i've i haven't ridden a twin cylinder two-stroke yet and it's been on my list for some time. So, and every time I roll that thing in and out of the shop, I'm just blown away because the wheel bearings feel like they're brand new. The head steering, like it, it has less than 2,000 miles on it. It's a 74. And it just is either was taken really, really good care of, or probably all those miles were put on like right away. And then it was just put in a barn. So it feels really good. I can't wait to get it out and, and, and get it going. So they say it does like, 85 and i'm like okay all right let's see <laughs> that should be interesting on like a take that 240 on a, pound bike take that on a e4 and see how much fun that is yeah i think we have other really great highways in the area i definitely want to try it on uh but i i think it'll have some range to it you know it's they say it gets pretty good mileage and it was like a little commuter bike back in its day the little brother to the water buffalo so i i really want to get that thing going by the end of the week that would be really cool so yeah, uh, as mentioned before, a few of us kind of went on trips. I mean, we've all been kind of busy with all kinds of stuff uh, going on, but a few of us have recently gone on trips, and one of them, you know, was Danny going up to Los Angeles to a moped rally. So Danny, what was the what was the <coughs> moped that your rally that you headed up to? What was it all um, about? Yeah, so Rochelle and I loaded up the bikes on Saturday morning and headed up to LA we met in Griffith Park so it was cool um, there's a club up there called Los Chupacabras which were named after a, a now long defunct club here in San Diego um, by the same name uh, so they were hosting a ride uh, the initial plan was to ride from Griffith Park out to Santa Monica but a couple of the guys didn't trust their bikes to make it that far and then there was a few less people than they were anticipating um, where where was it? It was going from Echo Park, Griffith, Griffith Park. Griffith so like Park. up by the Griffith Park Observatory. Okay. Supposed to go to Santa Monica, but we ended up riding all throughout like the Pasadena Hills and that area. Oh, okay, that's east east of there, right? How many miles yeah. is that to Pasadena? Like fifteen. Um, from Griffith Park, I mean, we probably rode like forty-ish miles. That's cool. That's a pretty yeah. good amount on a moped for sure. Yeah, it was red. Any uh, any sweet like stuff? What did you see out there? Like it's a rally, so I mean, I think of like when when I've gone to other moped rallies, the puddle cutters, right? Yeah, meet up in Portland. There was like some pretty interesting stuff out there. Um, they let me ride with them because I had a DT one seventy five, so like it's mm -hmm. a two stroke. Well, I guess we'll let you ride, and I was like, all right, cool, cool. Uh, and like there was some pretty a pretty cool assortment of stuff so did you see any ride bikes out there yeah there was a uh a pook magnum the the ups is what is branded i don't think it's actually called that but it's uh 
brown tank with like yellowish gold decals. So it's been uh, <laughs> awesome. adopted as the UPS Magnum. Oh yeah. Um, right so there was one of those, but he had these like crazy raked forks on it. So it sat like a chopper. That's uh, yeah. But I think I saw the picture ripped. of this and yeah. it was like, raked and, and pretty tall. Do they mm-hmm. use like older dirt bike? Like I'm thinking like kind of the noodle forks from like early, like MX 100s and stuff like that. Or is that just the standard forks that are on them? Uh, no, they were not standard. So I don't know what he did, but it was definitely probably the top part of the forks. It was the fork, uh, like the stems were from a different type of bike. Yeah, for sure. Probably from whatever the forks were from, I would imagine. I think the top of the forks were from uh, just the stock moped ones. Oh, gotcha. The little top yoke. Probably just fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A suitable diameter something. Just old old Japanese. Yeah, I was going to say like older, the MX100 comes to mind because I've got one back here. And those Mm -hmm. are pretty small diameter forks. Mm -hmm. I want to say they're like 28 30 you know they're like little noodle forks they're pretty tiny for a Even bike. The, yeah once you get down to like 30 well 35 is a pretty universal size back then mm-hmm. and then like 32 you can find a ton of stuff a lot of like like i think even modern you can find like kx 75 mm-hmm. like a lot of small stuff like that anyways mm-hmm. little probably your moped chopper needs yeah the- yeah there was there was that there was a let's see a couple a couple other similar ones um I rode my Safari, which has a Minarelli engine on it. So there was another, there's a couple other ones with Minarellis, I think two. And there was, there was a couple Motobicanes. Motobicane. How many, um, uh, how many people rolled out to this thing? Uh, there's probably like eight of us at the max. And then people okay. split off like mid ride. The guy with the, uh, the Magnum chopper pulled off at the, uh, I'm guessing he either works or just frequents this, uh, pinball bar called Waltz in, um, <laughs> it's just a bar with pinball machines yeah pretty Dang. much yeah it's pretty sweet it's nice california life yeah but yeah it was fun neither uh rochelle or i's bike had any issues whatsoever nice one nice. bike either blew his clutch or did something because he wasn't getting any spark and died on the steepest hill that we possibly Ooh. could have Bummer. and the guy who was leading the ride had his bike seized to some extent when we were on his street, getting back to the house, <laughs> soft seas. Just soft seas. Soft. Well, that, seas. that would that would be one where you would like you know just sw- get a new piston and it'll probably be fine. Uh, yeah. So it just like scorched the walls just a little mm-hmm. bit. Nothing too yeah. crazy. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. If you can run it, that's actually our the neighbor kids' bike. We uh, just took the piston and everything down, and it's like, I, his grandpa came over and and he was a machinist back in the day. So I was like, can you bring some like real calipers? Because I have like Harbor Freight calipers, and I was measuring within spec, but like just mm-hmm. on the edge of spec. You know, like just to throw new rings in instead of reboring it. And uh, I was like, can you bring some like real calipers over. <laughs> so oh he brought God. the dial gauges in and uh he was like sh- shouting out numbers to me i'm like two six seven five because he's reading in inches not in millimeters uh, right, so i was like what right. are you talking about and uh but after doing the conversions like the okay so these are the like free once upon a time free harbor freight gauges yeah. that you would get like you go in and then get the coupon and i have like five of them you know and like four of them are dead yeah the digital just, calipers 
<laughs> and oh, yeah. they were they were pretty close. We measured a couple things side by side, and they were I would say they're all within like a hundredth of a of a millimeter. So that's not that bad. I mean, I wouldn't use them to do anything too precision, but for measuring, you know, if you need rings or or a totally new piston, yeah. it seemed to work out. Somewhere out there, yeah. the machinist is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Looking no at way. my micrometer, like no. no. I had one. I worked in a machine shop for a while, and he was like, "Don't touch it." Like he's like, "You can use this one, but if you touch this one, like I'll, I'll have to fucking kill you." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> he was very serious about that, but no, that's cool. So he got away with the soft seas. It'll be fine. Just throw some new rings in there, lightly, lightly hone the cylinder. It'll be good to go. Yeah, that's sick. What uh, what like how many clubs are in Los Angeles? a lot really yeah there's let's see the landlords the woolly bullies <laughs> the gaskets los chupacabras cross valley which is like the san santa clarita valley and san fernando valley area and i feel like there's one i'm missing but what kind of turf? Like, do they cut specific turf and they like fight each other with switchblades and no, stuff? No, I don't think there's any switchblade battles. But uh, they're, they're, they're all they from, like, in back alleyways and they like snap at each other as they like <laughs> pull their switchblades. I want, I want <laughs> Once you're a gasket, you're always a gasket from the head of your seize moped engine to something that rhymes with briquette. Yeah, they're they're all from like different different neighborhoods. I couldn't tell you what is what, but dang. How yeah. much? How much? Like, how much dope do you think they push per year? Get <laughs> <laughs> real here, Danny. Don't don't hide the truth from me. I cannot comment on that. Ooh, no. One percenter. One percenter. <laughs> moped. Yeah, right. Be surprised what you can fit in a moped gas tank. Do they have like patches? I just read the other day. This is like totally off topic. I read the other day about patches and like rockers, and I had a vague idea. But like, apparently, if you run the bottom rocker, even even as like a like a joke, like I want to be clapped out Moto Club, that's like a big thing. They like motorcycle clubs get super pissy about. You can have like middle patch and top one, like what the name of it is. But if you run the territory on the bottom, like even if you're just clapped out Moto Club, they're like Mm. nah. I've never, I've guilty. never heard that, but I mean, they have like back patches, but it's like half these kids are like metal kids or punk kids, so it's like they're just run, rocking a back patch. Yeah, the other half, Danny. Pushing dope on the Los Angeles streets, menace to society. Some might say, two-stroke motors, just loud. Oh, the History know. Channel had this. Uh, show i think it was history channel and it was just these dudes like just a bunch of dads like riding across country on their harleys and they had like a patch and stuff like that and they thought they were all cool and they had an opportunity to ride to this poker run with some hell's angels that they'd met at like a bar the night before and the hell's angels basically told them we're gonna be riding by this area and if you can keep up you can ride with us or something like that and uh they all like they you know they found them at the spot and then they they ended up following them and they all get gassed together like lead hell's angel pulls him aside and is like hey you're running those patches and then like they were like put the fear of god in these guys because they were running patches and not being like Mm -hmm. an actual like motorcycle club or something um and they're like it's super disrespectful and it was like well man these guys gonna get stabbed on like tv that'd be pretty sure sure it's 100 in one percent real and it was definitely not, not staged for the history channel right yeah what have you done history channel that's a whole nother podcast but, 
what uh so yeah. there's a bunch of like uh groups gangs right <laughs> dope pushers uh two-stroke fiends in los angeles uh doing mopeds but like there are there as many like groups in san diego too because i think in portland there's only a couple or maybe even just puddle cutters i don't know this like i said I'm there like, there was a gas gets in portland at one point okay um it's no san, san diego used to have a couple there was like there's the wing nuts, which my buddy Owen from down the street lead, led, I guess you would say. Um, and then there was a, a group called the Skunks too. Okay. And they they're both now defunct, and now it's just just us. Just you guys. We're the yeah. king of the turf. Yeah, you guys won the turf war. You can push the dope now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've been to Hemet. I know how it works. In the streets. <laughs> yeah well that's righteous uh i really wish like the motorcycle community has meetups and rides and there's definitely like hog the harley owners group and stuff and i would say harley riders are better at getting together and riding because they that's just what they do i guess a lot of them are retired it seems so you know. yeah that's true but it's hard to like get a regular there's so many people who ride. And when I lived in Portland, it was kind of like you could roll up to CC or two stroke coffee in the morning on Sunday or Saturday. And you could like a couple times I found people to ride with. Yeah. And it was kind of nice. You could meet people, but it was hard to get like regular motorcycle groups going. And there's kind mm -hmm. of always a joke in the dirt community. Like definitely I've done more group rides with dirt stuff, trail riding. Uh, but it's always kind of a joke that like of the like a hundred people who say they're going to go like two people show up and the one person's bike breaks. So it's just one person riding. <laughs> so like, you know, I don't know. It's, I wish it was, again, I have a little bit of envy for the moped community because it seems a lot tighter and I'm always trying to meet people here in town and we have like a small riding group, but it's, it's pretty rare that we get all together at the same time. So hmm. yeah. Good on you. Well, moped. Speaking, speaking of getting together and going on rides, Let's hear about you and Daniel's ride. Oh, snap. Ooh, good transition. That's a $10 segue, folks. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, yeah, we we went on a trip. We've been planning for a little bit. We kind of talked about doing something around this time. I just got done with school, and uh, we took a trip out east for me. So that's east, uh, well, for both of us, out to uh, Montana. It's kind of east for Jordan, and it's really far east. It's really east for Daniel. So, yeah, we... I think the basics of the ride, uh, we we started out and we got the bikes all loaded down, you know, just put our bedrolls and got our panniers loaded. I took the ZRX 1100 that I'd just gotten running pretty decently the day before, you know, and put some new plugs and filter and it, it was running pretty good. And, uh, and then we rode up to the Wallawas. Wallawas are kind of our next valley over. It's super beautiful. Uh, got, you know, some, there's a new, uh, general store turned, uh, bar, like radio room. They have like a radio station and a recording studio that they it like podcast insanely hipster for how like blue collar that area it is, is very yeah. hip. I have a feeling some of these people came from the East coast. Cause there's a lot of mention of like Philly and, and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. anyways, they count the Lostine, which is like a hundred people out in the wilds. It's a really small town. They converted this general store, uh, and they have like one hundred and fifty dollar jeans. They have general store stuff. Yeah, they have like. And Daniel will never forget them. <laughs> they were it's nice cool, jeans. Though. They make. Uh, they brew their own beer there. They make uh, pizza, 
and it's like a really cool place to roll up on. I, I went there uh, and I am like totally spacing on the name. M-Crow, I think, isn't it? Oh, M-Crow. That's right. M- yeah, M.Crow Crow. or something like that. And uh, it was really cool. It was like a just a fun place. You could get food. They brewed beer. They made their own pizza. They had all the general store stuff still. And they operate a radio station out there. So shout out to the M-Crow. That was a really neat place to stop and yeah. get some food. And then uh, we headed up to Troy. Uh, Daniel's never been to Troy before. And it's just oh, nice. this little town in the middle of pretty much the middle of nowhere. It's very, very far off the beaten path. And, um, you know, they've got awesome camp spots on the Grand Ron. So we camped there for the night. Uh, and then we headed up to Clarkston. Daniel needed a rear tire that he, we ordered some tires and they didn't come in time. So we Freaking got to FedEx destroyed the label on my tires. FedEx dropped them. I got ball. stuck in Portland for four days, I think four or five days. Yeah. So we're supposed to be there in the grand on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was supposed to be on the grand Wednesday evening. We we're going to throw them on Thursday morning before we left and they didn't get there till Friday. Yeah. The best yeah. laid plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Almost I had like all this time. And all this Almost like you should have supported a local shop in your area. Well, they, nobody had tired. Oh yeah. Well, I guess you're right, man. Cycle <laughs> yeah. country, but they, uh, in, Clarkson, <laughs> in Clarkson, there was a tire. So, and funny story, the shop that we stopped at in Clarkson actually helped me out with the motorcycle chain six years ago when I went to go visit Robert in Missoula. Yep. So good, good people over at, business name i should have written down and uh it's max max, max cycle. cycle how could i forget max? they're a bmw dealership and they deal with clarkson. a couple other things but if you're yeah. in clarkson and need service to your bmw motorcycle visit max motorcycle for the best mike cycle for the best service in all of yeah. the uh, clarkson lewiston area truly but, fantastic uh, great great like super graceful folks and totally did not care that we were sneaking up their parking lot and just being general nuisances yeah. and let us use their tools when we needed to and we're just like really accommodating and they got a big tip um they were fantastic so yeah so we were changing uh something daniel get his tire off and daniel got his tire off and we got it spooned on and right as daniel was pulling his tire off i noticed that my patch i had uh, cleaned the tank with vinegar about a week and a half ago, and I neutralized it after with baking soda and water, And uh, but it so was not that. enough. A couple pinholes showed up, mm-hmm. and I patched them over with Bondo. So what I've since learned is that Bondo will not stop gasoline, but rather will slowly deteriorate until you're right in the middle of a dealer's parking lot, and then it just lets go. <laughs> so... That's where that video was. Was in the parking lot of it. It was yeah. in the dealer. Directly in front of their bay doors too. A BMW oh dealer. I ended up rattle canning the bike black. It had a really terrible blue and purple. It's not great now, but it's it's better than the blue and purple. It looks respectable it's now. It's okay. It's okay for what it I use it for. It looks good in pictures and from like fifteen 10 feet, feet away. 15, it's, it's a ten <laughs> foot bike for it's sure. It's a ten foot bike. It's a ten foot bike. It looks good from ten feet away. But yeah, right as it was sitting in the sun, I get the one of the pinholes just comes right through, and it is literally just like pew, just like shooting beautiful, beautiful laminar flow. I mean, science geeks out there, like a Venetian fountain. It was just. <laughs> 
first it, first it starts coming through the paint and I notice the paint bubbling up and it's dribbling on the ground. Thank God the engine had been off for like a, a you know, 45 minutes. At your, that your rattle can spray job is like uh, the last piece of the dam doing it. Yeah, I was like, I'm <laughs> trying, I'm trying. Also, and, to set the stage here, it's 95 degrees. And yeah, we're both like just getting, there's no shade and we're just getting beat down by the sun. It was so, so probably, hot. That probably didn't help. And it just started piddling. And I'm like, here we go. So I took the paint off and it just, just starts shooting out. I just want to say. I asked the people for, you know, have Daniel run and get something to grab gas. Eventually you get a five gallon bucket. And this thing, I just have to wait because I'm draining it from the petcock and that and I can't do anything. So I have the pinhole going into a bucket and my petcock draining into a little pan. And I'm just <laughs> like, all right, here we go. And I, I sent Daniel down to the store. And what I found was uh, I you know, did a quick search of the inventory at Napa and O'Reilly's. And I ended, I ended up finding a little patch kit. And they make this. So if you're ever on the road, I'm going to throw it in my bag from now on because I feel like, you know, if you go down and you have enough of a damage to the tank, it could happen. Uh, to, it could happen to you. Or if you forget to, you know, put some coating on the inside of your tank to take care of all the rest of the pinholes. But uh, it, it was like a little patch as like an epoxy that's gas resistant, a piece of fiberglass. And then you put like the epoxy down first, then the fiberglass, then you epoxy over it. It worked great. It set up in like five minutes. It lost all its tack in like 20 and it was totally gas tight. Still is. Uh, for the entire trip. So for like, I don't know, it was like 15 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. Crazy mm -hmm. deal. Keep one in your bag. Water weld does not work. Let me tell you, mm -hmm. water weld works great if you put it over water. I've put it over water on metal. It does not work with gasoline. just comes right sure off. Doesn't. So. It was pretty funny watching me put that on, I'm sure. So. I, I got to say it was really entertaining. I'm just sitting there and my bike had been, my bike kind of fumigates a little bit of gas smell if you like shake it around a bunch. <laughs> Because the seal on top of the gas can is like, or the gas tank is like not that great. And, uh, you know, I was working on the back tire, so I was jiggling around and I got this kind of smell of gas. Jordan was like kind of looking at his phone, drinking his coffee, watching me work. <laughs> you know, a great really time. Good and, yep. and then all of a sudden, really and then all of a sudden I just see him look up and he's like, oh, fuck, not right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's because I kind of was like, okay, I know this patch is going to like, because I had put an additional like epoxy over it because I didn't want to take any chances. And then I held it in place. But again, like, any epoxy that's not gas, specifically gas rated, it'll just eventually chew through it. Yeah. So you know what? All things said, like very glad it happened in a parking lot yeah. in a town. Oh, yeah. Because it could have been a long, cool. we went to some pretty remote places on the trip. So it could have been a pretty long trip back. Uh, but Daniel totally hooked it up and I appreciate it. From there, that's in Lewiston or Clarkston. So he crossed in Lewiston. The whole time I'm just like, as we're riding highway 12 up to Montana, I'm like taking my hand and putting it over the tank epoxy and like putting it in my three quarter face <laughs> helmet, like my glove up against my nose, like smelling really quick. Like, okay, no gas. And like every 15 minutes, I'm just like checking the tank again. Like, okay, no gas. And I was just like, just worried. I was going to like catch on fire and just flaming. Uh, and then if, if, if listeners remember about a last year, not too long from this time, uh, we stopped in and my bike broke down, uh, on highway 12, the pilot jet ended up clogging and I, for whatever reason on the side of the road, I could not figure it out. And we got towed a long story short, we ended up at a house in Kuski and, uh, Charlotte and Nathan put us up for the night and helped me uh, work on my bike and gave me a space and give us a place to stay. We visited them. We rode up to their property and visited them again. They were working on a new batch of moonshine. It was great. It tasted delicious. delicious. And, uh, we had a beer with them and it was a great time. So we camped out on highway 12. 
Then we headed to Missoula, got the best breakfast in the West, which is at the Oxford restaurant, Missoula's second oldest bar, as I'm told. And uh, it's always so good. I met Robert there. He has been a fry cook there for 10 years. And he was like, tell me the whole, the whole spiel of the place. And if so you were I, in the, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I will say one Robert to another, I guess. Uh, I've, I've been to the Ox a few times, quite a few times. I've been there. I've been to the Ox at midnight, 2 a.m. I've been there at probably 10 a.m. I've been there in the middle of the day. I think when you came to visit, we went there and got dinner probably at, I don't know, 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah. Later. I have mm-hmm. never not seen that man behind the grill. Yeah, I think he were, I think he lives there. I I think I think the two are <laughs> entwined. I think like neither can exist without the other. I'm convinced. It is it is such a place that like I I mean I kind of always joke that like every time now because Missoula is not that far. It's definitely when I've done road trips. It's it's a nice place to go to because it's not it's a good like either two or three day trip and we've done it on dirt bikes now and street bikes, um, but <laughs> it's kind of a joke. Because like I literally just go to the Ox and then I turn around and leave Missoula. <laughs> I haven't seen that much of town because it's just it's just such a destination for me. I'm like oh, I just want to go to the Ox and then it's a nice town. Like it's it's pretty. Uh, there's there was like a farmers market and everything going on, but I was ready to hit the road after that. <laughs> and it's just such a phenomenal breakfast. It's it that place is like only a place that could exist in Montana. It's it's like a bar. Got a bunch of guns over the over the top, a bunch of really cool, like at Arasaka. They got like a, uh, I don't know that they had a Thompson, but they had like just all kinds of ridiculous. I think they might. They might, yeah. I, I can't remember. I feel got, like a they grand. They got poker tables. They yep. got video poker. Yep. They got Kino. pool tables. They yep. got Kino. Jukebox. They got, yeah, you name it. And it's cool because you just walk in and it's like bar and then there's a back entrance where you can go to the restaurant. It's I, I think it used to be 24 hours, but I think now maybe just due to COVID, I'm not sure. I think they're only open till midnight. I um, mean, on Google, it said that they were open for 24 hours. Maybe again, they're which back. If I'm not mistaken. When we came through last time on the on the dual sports, they were only open until midnight. It may have been the time before they close at midnight. I have to say, if you're listening to this and you live anywhere near Montana or you just want to take a sweet road trip, go to the Ox. It's such an awesome place that encapsulates the West so well. And really, really Great good. Food. On the really cheap. Yeah. yeah. Also, oh, right yeah. downtown Missoula. And if you wanted to go explore the things around there too. Yeah. yeah. There's probably Lots good to things do. in Missoula. Great I town. don't know because I only go to the Ox. A lot but... of good, there's good coffee shops, <laughs> good hiking. There's bears. Anything you could want. There's bears. <laughs> there's bears. Oh, yeah. We actually saw a bear on the outside. Yeah. Of the, we saw between Lewis and Kuskia. There was a. Was it rattlesnake? I thought we were on the rattlesnake. No, yeah, we were on the rattlesnake, which is a highway that runs yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. between the Oregon and Washington border. And it was a it was a bear, all right. It was, it was a cool. it was a big baby bear. It was, like the size of bear. A, it was a brown bear, the size of like a full size freaking uh, black bear. I was like, oh no, get away from this thing. Yeah, and then from there we turned down south. I've only ever been as far south as Darby to hook up to the Magruder, and then I usually turn back. Um, but this time, being on road bikes, I wanted to go all the way down. So we went. Um, actually, I didn't even know there was a mountain pass there. Makes sense over down into the Sawtooth Valley. And we took that all the way down through to Salmon and Chehalis. And it was awesome. Just open mm-hmm. oh, yeah. canyon riding, like beautiful river right next to the road. Um, we got to Stanley. I've never been to Stanley before. It's just like incredible view of the Sawtooth Mountains right when you pull in. Yeah, that was um, that was insane. Like the 
Jordan was saying like Stanley is like the destination town or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah. you come up and we stopped to take a picture of the sawtooths with the bikes. And then you just, we rounded this corner and it was just the most like, ah, man, it's so hard to describe. Just like breathtaking, like huge, wide open, like grassy valley with a, a tons of very expensive, beautiful homes as well, with like a river running through it and then a sawtooth in the background. And yeah, like, oh my gosh, cool. just you're like talking wow. about going, you're talking about going down down the 93 and then you keep going. Yeah. Right. And then I think you, it's like the 75, 72, maybe. I don't 70s, remember. Yeah. You do cut over. It like in, splits, right? or it's I think splits. you cut over in Chalice or mm-hmm. in Salmon. I think it was Chalice. I don't exactly remember. But yeah, you do. You start heading, yeah. uh, you cut. Uh, west again yeah and yeah towards like boise and it was just like a cornucopia of roads there was mountain passes with hairpins there were wide sweepers there were long straights like beautiful views the whole time it was it's cool. highway 75 yeah 75. 75 yeah it yeah. was an incredible it was an incredible yeah. ride like it's such a cool it's such a oh sorry it, it's such, i was gonna say it's such a cool like part of the world too because you can have really like every road type, every terrain type, you get like mountains, mountain passes with a river next to you. Mm-hmm. Parts of that, uh, I think there too, like especially if you go a little further east into northern or into Idaho, once it widens out, it's like big sweeping hills. You get like huge view. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was killer. I was just blown away. Like I haven't been to that side um of idaho i've been e- farther east but in the south and i've been to the very north of idaho and most of central idaho um well i guess just not that part of central idaho and it was yeah it was awesome through the sauties riding was amazing um i would say between like salmon well really between like darby and then once you got a little bit closer to like north of boise so like um like loman is mm-hmm. where there started to be more people like there's definitely people up in missoula and definitely people near loman but like in between those two places there were several miles where wouldn't see that many cars wouldn't wouldn't have to pass mm-hmm. any people it was just open riding on a saturday so it was awesome um we ended up down at a hot springs kirkman hot springs just east of loman and it was so awesome, just beautiful, like big pools, uh, not really that crowded. What you know, we got was- there like right at the end of the night, and it's yeah. like a, you can't camp there anymore because Boise people suck apparently. I guess they, 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 they shut it down, so you can only it's only day use. But um, the yeah, it was there was like one family there, and everyone was pretty much clearing out by the time they got there. Yeah, and it was pretty awesome. Hot springs right next to the river, um, you know. And Went up the road and found this pretty cool called the yeah. Loman Inn, and it was just an old. It's just like a bar that they had. And Jordan's like, "Let's just go down the road, just like a mile." I got a feeling <laughs> about something, and we're like, "At least like I was like, all right, let's do it." So we went down there, and sure enough, these people they're just having a little party out there. This guy playing guitar, and just like at like ten thirty at night in the middle of nowhere, and uh, they didn't have their food going, but they had like an old pizza that had like been dropped or something and they're like you guys want some pizza we're like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> part of it was burnt. and the guy was playing like chet atkins style like country western oh yeah and, like everyone was, cool. was just hanging out playing cornhole and stuff there was a dog this beautiful little black lab like pit mix is like walking around and trying yeah, to be best friends with everybody it's super cool it's a really cool part of the world i yeah. i really i really really like idaho i, I idaho has it's share of characters for sure. But like, as far as like natural beauty, as much as I love Oregon and I love where I live in Eastern Oregon, especially it's tough to be Idaho central and Northern Idaho, especially is just 
everything is like out here in Eastern Oregon, which is bigger. Rivers are bigger. Mountains are bigger. Like it's just phenomenal. The vistas are awesome. The roads are great. It was, it was great. And then from Loman, we just headed down, uh, back down into the desert, basically took the highway to Payette north of Boise and Payette and then, uh, crossed over Ontario and then took to Baker. And then our finally little final little victory lap is kind of like Oregon's best kept secret, which is highway 203 that runs from Baker city. It goes inland towards the Eagle cap mountains, uh, takes you up into the foothills, medical Springs, uh, union, and then takes you back to LeGrand. And it's like awesome. Just super, some really tight hairpins, some like really long, long, long sweepers, like these huge long turns. And, uh, you can you can really get ripping through there because there's just no traffic. No, it's a very very low traffic road. So, yeah, it was good. You know, a lot of camping. Um, it's just awesome to to get out there. I love moto camping. It's like probably my favorite thing to do on a bike, just because it takes you really cool places. And we met tons of awesome people along the way. Got to see some really cool rigs, and uh, yeah, just kind of the highlight of motorcycling. And and it kind of had me thinking because. Up until this trip, I was kind of like, you know, I'm thinking about like getting into a newer bike or something. You know, I, I have a bunch of clapped out bikes. I have a bunch of projects. I was like, maybe, maybe it's time to transition into like something newer, you know. But after riding the ZRX, uh, you know, and I was kind of flirting with the idea of like, maybe I'll get a Harley because I like the cruise or maybe like a Triumph or something like a Bonnie or something like that. And, but after having that inline four, like having the power, having the like ability, like all the, torque that engine is just torque so down low uh it's it's hard to beat that i can't really think of a lot of bikes that i'd rather have than the zrx for for that type of stuff you know long and it, it can handle a gravel road it can handle a dirt road i'm sure that there's some bikes that do it a little better but as far as that style like i'll call it like naked touring where you're not packing a lot of stuff uh you don't have a passenger or anything like that it's 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 pretty great but and you're riding naked yeah and you're riding completely naked which you know, shout out to Idaho and no one ever wearing a helmet there. So you guys are pretty buck wild, but not my style, but I mean, living your life, I guess. So I, yeah, but I was kind of curious, like if you guys were to do like, you know, this was like a thousand miles, but I mean, if you're to do like a long, long trip, you know, I don't know, 10, 20,000 miles, like you're doing this like big, long thing. Like what are you, what are you taking? I'm wondering. Danny says a moped. Danny, ah. <laughs> you say a moped, you got to back it up. How many cylinders and pistons are you bringing? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would for sure bring just the whole extra cylinder and piston setup. You got to get like a, yeah, like a like hot swappable. Yeah, I mean. It's like a button. <laughs> yeah, just, pull exactly. just pull the whole jug <laughs> on the head. You just slap a new one on. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly what i do i mean i'm yes. i was thinking i think i may have mentioned it another time there's a thousand mile moped ride called the baker's dozen um that's yearly and there is like there's this guy who does it pretty much every time but I, the last time it happened in 2019 or 20 i think 2019 since last year didn't happen um he seized his engine and full-on had to swap onto a different he switched his whole engine on the side of the road because there was a chase truck <laughs> nice but yeah so i'd uh i'd bring probably the safari or the general if the general was kitted just because the general has um that rack storage that is crucial i have to ask so what is okay what is the longest ride you've done on a moped 
Mm. Uh, 100 miles. 100 okay. It's pretty good. I'm not it's trouble free? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was on one of my like earlier mopeds. So I, the ride was 100 miles. I probably made it about 80. Okay. 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 It was, is, there, is there like a moped? What's the moped equivalent of the iron butt? Is what I, my, I think my, they would still do an iron butt. Call it a tin butt. And a thousand miles in twenty four hours? No, wait. There's different. There's different levels of iron butts, but Did you do, like at least from what I'm remembering. Hmm. I'm gonna look into it. Yeah. If not, you got to start it. You got to start it and run it out of your new mobile. I'll meet you. I'll meet you halfway. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. Get this GT one eighty five going. I can yeah. see. I could see doing a thousand miles in twenty four hours. I, you know, it'd be a very long twenty four hours, but you know, on the GT. I, yeah, I think it's doable. Yeah. That thing that probably will be a very long 60, 24 okay. hours. Oh It'll do gosh. 60, 65, yeah. 60, and so you do it, whatever, okay. like Buzzy. 16 hours. Just figure out the, the gas situation, I feel like, is the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to bring quite like a bit. a roto pack with, like, a siphon. It's on the list this, this summer to do, like, a long, maybe 100 miles, I don't know, just a long trip on the DT-175. I really I mean, want to yeah. see, like... Now that it's running I around. ride it around town yeah. all the time, but I want to see, like, how far could I really go in a day on that thing? So I think if I could do 100, like, I'm looking at my little map of Eastern Oregon up here and all the roads we have, like, I, I see some what. loops. I, I tell you do. what, I, I see... I What I'm hearing is the setting for a, a short film, Man in a Dream, to get a chase, chase truck to follow you. I've always dreamed for when you inevitably break down. Uh, I need I mean, spark plugs. <laughs> I think we Look, talked about saying, it. A DT-175, 175 miles. Writes itself. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. I, I think we talked about it at, at some point before, but there, uh, there is a club up in San Francisco called, uh, well, their full name is Creatures of the Loin, if you want to be spicy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they, they just go by Creatures. Um but some of the guys from Creatures and the people who run Treatland, if I'm not mistaken, which is like the site for all the moped parts, mm. rode from the from the Bay Area and San Francisco area down to like the tip of South America. Dang. On on mopeds. Brad. I mean, Ed from C90 Adventures, it's just yeah. a C90. He's taking that thing around the world. So yeah. it's something doable. Robert, what are you taking on like a long, you got to leave on like a long trip tomorrow and you have something that's <laughs> ready to go. You know, what? It, what is it? I wonder. I, it's Well, it's funny because I, I feel like the uh, w- last weekend we were talking about what, what would be a possible alternative for you to a sportster mm. trying to sell you. On, and and basically the, what I told you is basically what I would take, which I think probably like a, uh, a just a probably a modern triumph to be honest. I, I have to say though, I was listening to the newest uh, motorcycles and misfits, and they were talking with a guy. I'm spacing on his name. Um, War reporter. With, with, yeah, yeah. Do you listen yeah, to the episode? That was so I I have a soft spot in my heart also for. Royal Enfields for the obvious reasons. The reason yeah. everybody has a soft spot in their heart for Royal Enfield. And he was kind of selling on the talking about the because um, he was doing a, I guess a ride. Him and his buddy were doing a ride all around the South on I think he was I can't remember who was on what. They were on the two six fifty Enfield models. So one was on an interceptor, one was on the slightly fancier version. I can't remember what uh, the Continental GT. Oh yes, um, solid looking bike. They look pretty. Good. Still, I mean, the Himalayan too. I know a lot of people knock them because they're not like an adventure bike. But um, if you watch, like, I don't know, you watch videos of like even the 
even the Himalayan, if you watch people videos of people actually riding them off road, they're just like this thing fucking slaps. Yeah. It's got torque, real like low power. I know that they're saying the 650 motor that's on the the interceptor in the Continental, I think has like peak power or 80% of peak power comes on at like 2000 RPM or something like that, which is like, that's pretty cool. It sounds fun, but probably something like a twin. Yeah. Like that, or, you know, if I wanted to, if money was no object, the new Thruxton, I'm sure. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. It looks super fun. Seems like it sits pretty low though. I don't know. It does, yeah. A little far forward. I put like Euro style, like BMW style bars on, on yeah. for this trip. I usually have super bike bars, which are an awesome fit, like low wide bars on a big, like thousand, like a liter bike is awesome. Um, but I put Euro bars on, which sit up a little higher and have a little more sweet back. And I don't like them for riding, like technically riding as much, but they are a lot more comfortable. Like those kind of upright sweat back bars, you know? Um, and I was still able to, carve plenty fast so yeah totally well and i think i think you know it came up in that in the the motorcycles misfits episode but i think there is something to like uh a british twin i guess that it's you're kind of traversing the motorcycle universe where like Mm -hmm. you can kind of you can kind of hang with anybody and uh and everyone's gonna have a good everyone's gonna be welcome and be like oh it's a cool bike like yeah right yeah um, i mean even the bonnies the stock plain old bonnies look really good so and i mean now that I've got a good running, fast, terrifying, you know, long distance <laughs> like maybe a British twin is the right, you know, I like fish and chips. I can hang. So, <laughs> <laughs> they put down lots of torque too. The, the 1200s put down more yeah. torque than sports or 1200s too. So oh, yeah. yeah, they look good. Uh, Daniel, if you could have money, money, let's just say money is an object. What, what are you touring on? Mm. Man, you know, if you're talking like a bike that I would legitimately want to do like 20,000 miles on what like in one fall sweep, like one full trip, just doing 20,000 miles. I, I would have to go for like a big cruiser bike. Right. Like, I feel like that's like, like I could do it on, you know, like an XSR 900 or a SU nine or, you know, something like that, you know, which is kind of like the dream bike. Right. But mm-hmm. I feel like if I, if I was being realistic, like, and, and like I said, I would totally do it on one of those bikes. Cause I can do it on the, I could probably do it on the XJ, honestly. Um, it just be butt numbing. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, I was like, you know, it was funny cause I was, I was in my truck today driving back from the grand, which is 400 miles and it's a six hour drive. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sick, like thinking to myself, like I just drove 400 miles and my butt doesn't hurt. And yeah. it's because I'm in a, I'm in a car like seat basically. Right. Like, um, if you're talking about like throwing down miles and you know, if time wasn't a factor, probably, yeah, I'd probably take like a, a SU9 or, or something like that. Right. Uh, or a MT9 or something. But if, um, if it was like, if I'm really trying to slog down the miles, probably like a Goldwing, like just something yeah. like I want to, I want to, I want to ride a freaking couch, like down yeah. the road, you know, and those <laughs> things, you know, they can, they can corner, they can, you know, they're fun, you know, yeah. but they're also, you know, like, basically a car <laughs> and, <laughs> pretty much. You know, and the new, I, I think the new gold wings, I think they look pretty, pretty cool looking too. Um, you know, they're, they're less car like as far as their style, they look more like a motorcycle and all the modern farkles that you get and plus tons of storage and things like that, you know, to keep you comfortable. And in addition to just, you know, basically a car seat as a, as a, you know, as the way you sit in it. So right. I think, yeah, I think uh, probably something like that, honestly, if I, if I really had to, uh, if money was no option, right. Cause those are also like really expensive bikes. So 
Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, kind of a boring option, but I think that's that's the way I would go. I just remember I'll tell you my I'll tell you my plan B. Not a not a new model, not an in production bike. Trans out. Trans out. Solid choice. <laughs> I I was actually just looking at R one hundreds today. There was an R one hundred that was posted for sale and. Yeah. I've never seen a BMW R100 from like the mid eighties mm -hmm. that doesn't have 80,000 miles on it. Yeah. Like I've mm -hmm. never seen, I've never seen one that has lower miles. They all just got ridden till the end, you know? And I'm wondering, I keep looking at these BMW R9 T's. It's kind of like the same thing. Like they look similar, like it's a similar design cues. And I'm wondering if like that's our generations R100, R75 or whatever, you know, those things, they got some serious miles on them and they look pretty good. I think, I think the R's, the early, even the 80s R's in a time oh, where yeah, motorcycle design was very questionable, the BMWs looked pretty good, you know, for the um, Speaking of BMWs, do you want to real quick touch on the guy that we met at Loxa? with his BMW and his dog. Oh yeah. We did see a very sweet BMW with a sidecar that uh, he had had someone fab up for him and it had a car tire on the back Amazing. of the motorcycle side. And he was taking his dog on like a cross country trip. With, and he's from and, Vermont, right? And he's from Vermont. Uh, it was a GS, like a, okay. um, not the GS, like the dirt GS. It was the touring GS. Yeah. 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 It was pretty neat. It was pretty cool. Yeah, all the way from Vermont, and he was in at the Loxa Lodge in Idaho, which is mm -hmm. literally in the middle of nowhere. It's so. a destination, man. It's a cool yeah. place to ride. 12 is yeah. a pretty well-known highway for riding, but yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Just thinking about road trips at the beginning of summer, so I'm definitely going to be putting some miles down this summer and and uh, thinking about, you know, we had a pretty good one, and thinking about future ones, and thinking about what kind of bike, you know. You're gonna keep. You're gonna you're gonna carry backup a uh, tank patch kit for when that. I am now. Like in, seriously, in, that I have tank weld now that is also gas resistant, which is like. I, I know you. Weld. I know you. I know you well enough to know you're not gonna fix it until it breaks again on the road. You know, so. that's the thing though. Is what do I do to fix it? It already has right. a fiberglass patch. Like, what am I gonna do? Right, right. Like, it's pretty clap. Like, the tank is. How hard not, is it to find tanks for those? Hard. Like, yeah, there's one in. There's one that is literally smashed in on the top and the sides and it's 180 bucks on eBay right now. There's one in Japan that there's has like, motorcycle dream. There's one in Japan that has scratches on it, like throughout the sides, like it's been laid down and it's 780 bucks. So there is no chance of me at this point. It's cheaper. The plastics because they've been repaired before it would be cheaper to take them to a place to have them professionally like redone with fiberglass. Right. Uh, and have the tank completely coated. Like it'd be cheaper to do all that right, shop right, right. Than to track down replacement pieces. So Thanks. it's just it's it's not going to happen for this bike, and it's it was a six hundred dollar bike. Like I think for what it is, it'll just be the clapped out cruiser. It's the six hundred dollar rattle can ZRX. You know, it's like that's one of those. Like that tank is one of those you're going to have to find. You're going to have to like fate will have to bring you to one of those motorcycle like a motorcycle parts place, and they're just going to have it back in a bin. Yeah, like, oh, this. I mean, I think with some cream or like red coat, I think it, yeah, right. that it would work for me, you know, and keep the rust from bedding. But it stinks because the bike only has 12,000 miles on it. And it's like not a ZRXs are not super common. And they're kind right. of like them and the Bandit 1200s were kind of the like two big super sport kind of muscle bike, do it all muscle bikes. And they're not super common. So it's kind of unfortunate that it's so beat up, but. I'm still riding it. I'm having fun on it. Yeah, so, yeah. so what you got to do, 
What you got to do is find someone else who has one, wait till they're not looking, and just swap the tanks. <laughs> got them. <laughs> yeah. Never know. Exactly. Who's this patch? What is this? JB Weld on the end? Wait a minute. What's going on? So, yeah, it was a good trip. I think I look forward to other trips this summer because it is the time to ride. Out here, we get snow, so you got to get it while you can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about these picks really quick. I'll, I'll, jump, I'll jump on really quick, and yeah. I'll show you mine. I don't know why I've been... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's you, Robert, and my, my jealousy for yours. But I have really been, and maybe it's just because this one's been posted for a while, but I've been kind of jonesing. This is a 1970 uh, oh, yeah. CL350. Mm-hmm. And at least I think it's a 350. I don't think it's the it is. four. No, it's yeah, a it's a 350. I, re- I really want one of these. I don't know what it is because I see the Triumph Scramblers. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. But then I'm like, I could just get a CL350 yeah. and do like most of the dumb stuff I want to do with it. It'll weigh less and it'll be cooler. Let me, okay, a hot tip. If you ever see one, look, keep an eye out for an SL350. The okay. the SL, so for the like late 60s, early 70s Honda lineup, you had the CB, the CL, and the SL. Mm-hmm. The the CB obviously is the street version, the CL is the scrambler, then they have the SL, which is like the dirt bike version. Okay. Um it's the same everything. The frame is the only diff- thing that's different. I mean, obviously the the accessories, whatever, but same motor. Um, the frame is a tubular steel frame. And it's not a stamped frame like the CL and CB. So okay. it's a tubular steel frame, and it's got a full hoop in the back. They say some people say it's stiffer. Some people say it's way way squigglier. But hmm. um, you can usually find it's it's hard to find clapped out CL and CB 350s these days for under a thousand bucks. But when people have pretty rickety SLs, you can find them still for like five, 600 bucks. I just think that'd be cool because like, I don't, I think for like the 1200, like having a scrambler, it's just kind of impractical. I already have dirt bikes that are a lot lighter and I already have like bigger road bikes, like the ZRX that are better (laughs) for traveling. So I think it'd just be fun to have something that's like, want to do like a shorter road trip on it and hit some dirt roads along the way like i i oh. think it could probably hold its own on the highway they're cool bikes yeah you can do, uh yeah they're cool bikes they have about 30 horsepower i think optimistically and they're uh mid 300s weight wise um yeah yeah you could bad. probably really strip it down and get close to 300 if you put your mind to it yeah and just kind of upgrade the suspension anyway 1970 yeah. Honda CL tank looks pretty good. Like everything looks pretty solid shit. on it. It's got pods on it, which probably doesn't run very well. It does it says it doesn't needs carb work? Which, hmm. You know when you put Zoom pods. Front end. <laughs> it does look different, huh? It looks like that. No, that's right. The tank looks like a seventy-two or seventy-one, seventy-two. Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure it has some stuff, but, and it's also I think those are aftermarket bar risers and stuff. I, I think oh, it's yeah. got. It's got some odds and ends, but that's kind of yeah. I don't know well, why. I just drag pipes. I just yeah. Oh yeah. I just been kind of <laughs> jonesing for like a scrambler of. I have that CB four hundred. I think I just need to build one. I need yeah. to put pipes for it. So that's what I pick. You got you can get some deal. some up pipes and some uh, like trials tires for the four hundred. I think it could work. Right, and it's it. not that heavy, and it's honestly pretty fun to ride around town. Yeah. So I think it could work out, and it's so like cheap and whatever you know i'm not gonna care if i drop it or anything like right that. Uh, yeah robert what do you got well while we're on the subject of kind of scrambler things this is one so i know i usually post pretty clapped out to the fullest <laughs> sense projects but this time this 
bike's been up for a while and i'm honestly i'm really surprised it hasn't gotten snagged yet we're sell we're selling out and picking cool stuff <laughs> <laughs> well i mean this this counts on all counts because it is clapped out Ooh. it is a project oh, it's cool. very cheap and it is pretty rad and and to my point like i think the only reason it hasn't sold is because it's in camarillo but 750 bucks gets you a 1966 uh pretty Frankenstein bolt taco. Yeah. Mm. Um, you got in the front end. So <clears throat> all correct. I doubt this pipe is correct. Yeah. Especially that baffle. The the baffle is so this, I have the same baffles on my up pipes on my triumph, uh, uh -huh. very like flat tracker period. Correct. And then you've got like, a some dirt bike side plastic. <laughs> Who knows what this seat is from. That's like, close. That looks like a, like a CRF like rear fender or something. Eighty or something, yeah. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll I think it actually might be a front fender. <laughs> shoot, shoot off. Yeah, um, it doesn't really have the curve over a rear, so. But so this guy's had this up for a while because yeah, eight days ago, and I think originally it was longer because I know I've seen it, and it is definitely tempting me. This one also, you have the option of picking <laughs> up some Can-Am parts. Uh, oh, man. 70s yeah. Can-Am engine. Those are the Bombardier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Can-Am Bombardier. Bombardier. So they, they made military bikes too. and um, But it's pretty cool. It's like a little Can-Am, what is it? 125 TNT. TNT. That don't mind. Um, so that one you would get the bull taco and the can-am right so the can-am he wants 400 uh and you get uh, like all kinds of mystery parts mm. <laughs> you get two two front ends which mm. actually uh the can-am front end this is kind of a side note but i mean pretty universal like front end swap for any old triumph that you want to make a desert sled out of or really any of the old bikes is to take like an, Ita an Italian or Spanish front end, put it on your, on your British bike. Uh, and the Can-Am, that's actually the front end I have for my Triumph is from a Can-Am because uh, they, they got shocks from better as they're Spanish made. For extra um, spice. Yeah. So you could take these, put them on your CL350 and have a little dirt machine because you get seven okay. inches of travel. I uh, already got the trials tire for you. So if, the, if this thing sits any longer, I'm going to have to go, Add more crap in my garage. But I love it. That's my pick. All kinds of stuff. Nice. That. I mean, I'm not going to say you shouldn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, what do you got? All right. So, in appearances, this is not clapped out, but it also know is clapped on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Just like all of us. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. right. So a uh, 65 Yamaha YDS. Man, what the heck? I never see these things for sale up here. And then you've posted, uh, I think you've had like three of these now. All right. Oh, wow. Look at this tank. Look at that yeah. engine. Yeah. It's a vapor these, blaster. And these rims. Yeah. I wish I had a vapor blaster. So, yeah, same. Looking pristine. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, that. are you sure there's a sprocket and not oh, like those wheelies? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I feel like that's probably for like a go-kart or something. I think made that. Yeah. Probably. But, well, the guy's uh, got no, a vapor blaster. He probably has a plasma cutter too. It's a uh, bottom end is pretty locked up and we'll need a crank <laughs> from it's, All Balls Racing. 
It's not completely locked up. It's just it's a soft it's a soft lock. Soft soft lock. lock. I love how you go through all this trouble of vapor blasting it, but it's just like completely locked up. I didn't take it apart. I just cleaned it. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Yamaha. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh boy. Clearly didn't plug the hole. And what? What did they? So he like. Okay, so what what at a distance appeared to be like vapor blasted side cases now clearly are spray painted side yeah, cases. That is very much now. spray painted side case. Okay, but it looks good. <laughs> at least there's that well, yeah. from from like ten footer right away. there. That's <laughs> fine. That's maybe, maybe a five, a five foot, foot bike. Yeah, yeah. and I'm foot. I'm all right with that. But that also means he spray painted the top fins too, and I wonder if that's a paint that uh, is <laughs> this good is for that. Heat. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Those look part of the break in, Daniel. Yeah. Right. He did really go to town with the spray because the frame is also painted. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's painted. That tape like because he left the tape on it. Didn't, let, didn't take tape I, off. I mean, if they painted the side cases, he painted the lower fence black. I mean, he's tape, which is better than me. I, I <laughs> like a rag in. I like, Here we go. It's, it's going to be black now. So, all right. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I think those Yamahas are awesome. Oh, and those yeah. are bikes that now are somehow still pretty cheap. Like, especially... Yeah. Compared to the Honda yet. offerings, definitely. Like anytime mm-hmm. the Honda old dreams are like, oh, they like are whatever, like three times up, the price. Crazy expensive. There's one that's not running, but externally in good condition locally here for twenty five hundred, and yeah, it's just I don't know. So those Yamahas are still pretty, pretty affordable. I think they're pretty yeah. awesome. I really, I like agree. Them. Get it. You know, I'm really banking on my across the street neighbor realizing that he's never going to ride that CR two fifty and just getting that instead. The best beginner's dirt bike. So CR250 or CM250? Whatever the two-stroke one is. Dirt oh, bike, yeah, CR. CR. Hell yeah, get that. <laughs> he left. He left and you got it. I mean, <laughs> he's going to go get that CR250. He's just on the Yeah, he's just like, you know what? You guys are right. Into the sunset. And he's back. You got oh, it, right. Right. Instead of clicking end share, I clicked leave meeting. I'm out of here. You've done share and I'm out. Yeah, that's a bike I'm getting that CR250. God bless. Daniel, yeah, what did you pick this sweet. week? I picked, uh, I picked a Honda Shadow, which is always a you know, it's always something. You're never sure what you're gonna get with Honda Shadows. Can you guys see this? Yeah, looks good. Sure can. Well, we could. There you okay, go. Okay, perfect. Right. So it's been, it's a, it's a, it's just your standard hot, like bobbed out Honda Shadow. Yeah. But uh, I noticed it's got some uh, accoutrement, which is uh, mm-hmm. typical to the ratty like Harley bikes. Um, it's got the beer can like oil blow uh, blow over hose or whatever yeah. up front. Uh, it's got a really crappy like I love how the um, they just like bent these. What, what I'm assuming it's probably beer cans um, to make the little turn signal mounts for the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. believe these are the uh, rear brake lights on the, on the swing arm. Nice. Uh, you know, that's been hardtailed. It's been hardtailed. I was just going to say, it's hardtailed too. You have, a, you have a knack for finding bad hardtail conversions. Yeah. Oh, it's just so bad. And uh, yeah, and then it's got your cool, your cool chump bars and crappily upholstered seat that looks absolutely terrible. I like the point. My first. Pointy rear. I like that pointy rear. Well, I was going to yeah. say one of my first thoughts was oh, I saw the pointy somewhere. rear was like, where's the where's the rear wheel going to go when the shocks compress? And now I realize the shocks don't compress. It's hard to. It's hard to. <laughs> what that means is like a three point 
sissy bar and it would totally work oh yeah yeah i love this though it says uh don't know what the heck is wrong with it it won't run no title can give the name of the title owner be prepared oh, yeah. a crappy bike comes with an extra motor that has a blown crank and extra wiring harness what Not a bad deal but he only wants 250 for it you were just talking you. about i bet you, you talking about how parts. you wanted a cruiser right exactly perfect yeah i don't know if this is the cruiser of my dreams but i think it's Heart up there and the one thing great. i will say though is it looks <laughs> yeah, very look comfortable. at those tires look at those tires it's, a, it's got the Dunlop 404 on the front and the rear is, uh, I don't know what that is, but it's, uh, it's, got I mean, a good I mean, talking about long days in the saddle, nothing beats, uh, what looks to be leather <laughs> stretched over a piece of cardboard on a hardtail. <laughs> That's right. Like that is going to be so comfortable. That's, you know, if you can iron butt this, then you're a real man. That's, that's, that's like where you hit a pothole and you you just like feel your spine shift i don't know about that i'm not trying to do any models on that but you know i i don't know what it is like when people build custom bikes and they look really really bad you know like really really bad custom bikes like i've seen i don't know a thousand chopped up cls cvs whatever and they just look really just not good corny like skateboard deck seats with yeah. hoops that are welded on terribly but when i see a really like crappy bike like a honda shadow like a 500 like that and then i see like really crappy things done to it i'm kind of like that kind of works like yeah you know you like if you follow like fuck your bike sucks on instagram oh, like yeah. those oh, bikes yeah. kind of slap i kind of yeah. like that stuff like if it's really if it's just crappy and you just embrace it like well, there's something yeah there's something like there's something honest and pure about it it's just like you're gonna hardtail you're gonna go hardtail your virago then like yeah you earned it mm-hmm. that that's what in the business we like to call real biker shit so <laughs> <laughs> anyways that's it for this episode thank you so much for tuning in we have been getting some little shout outs on instagram uh which has been awesome you guys have been telling us about your ratios awesome seeing I think it was a Yamaha XT that got we got tagged yeah. in. I love seeing that stuff, and I love that your ratio's up. Uh, good for you. And, yeah, so it's awesome to get love uh, from our listeners. We love when we get messages or shout-outs or emails. Uh, ask us something dumb. Our email is clappedmoto at gmail.com. We can always hit us up on Instagram at clappedoutpod. Um, we're on all the major podcast platforms, you know, Dogcatcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, uh, Google Podcasts. And uh, yeah, you can, if you like the show today, you can definitely buy us a coffee. Our hat or not our handle, our website is buymeacoffee.com forward slash clapped out moto. And again, listeners, if you buy us $1,000 worth of coffees, contributions. We will buy a Coleman mini bike. We will stuff a Predator 212 engine and we will jump over a big ass fire, probably in the Oliver Desert, because I'm sure that's illegal in California. Wait, are we gonna jump over <laughs> are we gonna jump over a small fire? No. Thank are you. We for jump over, that up. Are we gonna jump over a medium fire? No, no. I will tell you, it will be a big ass fire. I can guarantee that. At least like 10 pallets high. I don't know how we're gonna go to jump for it. <laughs> I haven't figured out the logistics, all right. But when we get there, <laughs> we're gonna jump a big ass fire. And I will you know say I was uh, thoroughly impressed with Jordan's fire making skills on this trip. It's the first time that's ever I could ever say that. So he had to move somewhere dry so we could get away. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's easiest our fires out here. What's yeah. It's another story. But uh, yeah, and you know, on a final note, I've been thinking just kind of kick it around in my head. We should have like a clapped out 
motorcycle rally. I don't know what's going to happen oh, yeah. with that, but I'm really into Ooh. the idea of like, I don't know. Yeah. Ride to the Oliver desert. And I know I pitched it. I would love a ride out to the Oliver desert and then a race across the salt flats. You're never going to know how fast that Suzuki can go. That's so right. Going on the flats. That's Maybe right. you can get 86 miles per hour. So stay tuned, faithful listener. Maybe we'll have some information about some bizarre clapped out fest that we do one day. So again, thank you for tuning in. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. See you. See you. Bye. You're still recording, by the way. Oh, dang it. Oh, dang it.